You are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. You know, I, I love the time that we spend together here on Sunday mornings. It's like no other time in my week and your week. And one of the reasons is that we can, we can worship at home, and we do. We read the Scripture and we pray and those kinds of things. Uh, but it's not, it's not like when we come together. There, there's a community that takes place here, and, and we share God's Word together. And when we open God's Word, we sometimes are reminded of very powerful truths that are life-transforming. And that's what I'm praying today uh, could happen as we come together and as we open God's Word together and as we share truth together, that God's Word would be transforming in your life today. So, here's what I want to do. I want to share something with you that is a reminder. It's something you already know. But um, I want to remind you that God is always with us. And, and the way that I find it in the Scripture are in these words. The Lord Almighty is with us. Just really good stuff. No matter where you go or what you do, you will never be alone because the Lord Almighty is with us. Okay? It's been one of those weeks where that um, Annette and I were out of town and, and it was the kind of thing of where I kept getting um, text or emails or information from people that I really thought I should respond to. What One lady who was elderly had to bury her son this week. It was very, very difficult for her. There was another family who lost their son this week, tragically. It was just one of the toughest phone calls that you'll ever make as a pastor to call and say, I'm so sorry. I, I wish I was there to put my arms around you. I'm so sorry for what you're going through. There was another gentleman who attends our church who was diagnosed with cancer. It just wasn't good news. It was just, if you're going to have bad cancer, this is, this is, this is bad cancer. A, another individual had a cancer scare, and so this coming week we're going to know what's going on in her life. And then there was another family who went through this horrible crisis. So it's just one of those weeks where a lot of stuff is happening to people that we love who are part of our church family. So it's Memorial Day weekend. It's, it's that weekend when we honor people who gave their lives in armed services in this country. It's a time that we remember and we feel gratitude in our hearts and we feel sorrow for those families. But it's broader than that because it's become in our nation a time to remember all people who die. And so over the next day or two, many of you will go to cemeteries or memorial services to remember people that you've lost. And so when you think about all that I've just said, here's the question. Where is God in, in all of this? In seasons of our lives like these, does, does God become silent? Does He simply cross His arms and are His lips closed? And does He say nothing to us about troubles and trials and storms and difficult times and death and cancer and all those things? Does God just kind of step back and cross His arms and have nothing to say? Or does God speak in these seasons of our lives? And so I opened my Bible this week, and here's what I find God's Word saying to me. God is our refuge and our strength. He is a very present help in our times of trouble. 
So in, in this season, when people are going through all of this stuff, I open the Word of God, and the Word of God reminds me, God is our help, and He is our refuge. He is our strength, a very present help in times of trouble. And so let me, let me take you to those words in the book of Psalm. Okay, Psalm chapter 46. If you're kind of new to carrying a Bible and you just let the Bible fall open to about the middle of the Bible, you'll probably be in the book of Psalms, okay? So we're going to chapter 46, Psalm chapter 46. And I'm going to start reading with verse 1 and we'll read that entire Psalm. It's not, it's not that long. You heard it just a minute ago, but let me share these words with you. Again, I want them in your hearts and in your minds. And so here's the way the Word of God is read, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Listen to these words. Therefore, we will not fear. Does he really mean we will not fear? Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters form and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, it's kind of like life just fell apart. But there is this river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations, they are in uproar. Kingdoms, they fall. But He lifts His voice and the earth melts. Would you read this sentence with me? The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations He has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow. He shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. And then this is what He says. Would you read this with me? Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So this is God's word for us today. I was, uh, I was at home one evening. Uh, we had just really gotten finished with our dinner. Uh, my girls were a lot younger in those days. I think Brittany was around 10, which means Morgan would have been around 5 years old. And so it was summer, uh, there was a lot of daylight left in the day, and um, I get a phone call. Uh, we lived at that time in a parsonage. You know what a parsonage is? It's a church-owned house that pastors live in. And so we were living in, in this house, and the phone rings, and I'm not for sure we were carrying cell phones in those days. I know that sounds like the old days to many of you, but we didn't have them. They weren't existent. Phone rings, answer the phone, and the lady on the other end of the phone says, Pastor Rick, uh, I just got a phone call from Robin. Robin was one of her closest friends. And Robin says to me, Adam is gone. And she was referring to her 15-year-old son. And she said, Pastor Rick, I said to Robin, what do you mean Adam is gone? Where is he gone? And she said, to heaven. And then she said he was on his bicycle. And he was hit by a car. We're at the emergency room of the hospital. Just come as quick as you can get here. And she says to me, Pastor Rick, I'm headed to the hospital. I'm leaving in just a moment. I think she's trying to tell me that Adam was just killed. 
You know, I, I hung up the phone. I, I headed to the hospital. It was only maybe three or four minutes from where we lived. And I walk into the emergency room and there's a nurse there who knows me and she points at the door of a private room and I open that door and there's Bruce and Robin sitting there. And what has happened only about 15 minutes earlier, the doctor had walked out of that little room saying, I'm sorry, but Adam did not survive. So I'm a dad and I've got a A little girl who's five and another little girl who's about ten. And in my mind, I can't imagine anything worse that could happen in somebody's life than that one of your children be killed in an accident. I I remember praying with them. I remember hugging them. I remember holding them. I remember crying with them. I remember trying to share scripture with them. Nothing is adequate in a moment like that. Other friends start to come in and I just, I just couldn't imagine that there is something worse that can happen in a person's life. So, so just follow me for a moment here, okay? The psalmist says, here's what happens. Even though the earth began to fall into the sea and the mountains quake with their surging and the waters roar and foam. There are some people who would say, that is all about eschatology. That is talking about the end of the world. And other people would say, no, no, that's not what the psalmist had in mind. What the psalmist was talking about was the worst possible thing you could imagine happening in your life. It's when your world comes apart. It's when the wheels fall off of life. It's when something really bad happens and you don't think you can go on any longer. So some of you are really young. But if I ask some of you, what is the worst thing that ever happened in your life? Some of you have some really tough stories to share. So what's the worst phone call you've ever gotten? The worst news you've ever had? The worst thing that's ever happened in your life? And some of you. Some of you have some pretty difficult stories to share. So, we read the Bible, and sometimes I challenge you that we can't just extract verses out, acting as if they were written just for me, and they're not about anything else or anybody else, because the truth is, the Bible was written by somebody, and, and often it was addressed to somebody, and it was written about a particular situation. And so what you do to understand the Scripture, you have to say, okay, who was writing, and who were they writing to, and what they were they writing about, and what's it all mean? The, the only thing is that with Psalm 46, it's a little different. It's hard to identify the context. Except there's a group of scholars who would say, we really think it's about what happened in 701 B.C. There was an Assyrian king... His name was Sennacherib. And he approaches Jerusalem. And he decides that he's going to overtake Jerusalem. Hezekiah is the king. But the night before, he is going to overtake Jerusalem while camped outside the walls of Jerusalem. An angel of the Lord comes and kills 185,000 soldiers. 
So King Sennacherib is going to come in and overpower Jerusalem. But the night before, while he is camped outside the walls, an angel of the Lord comes and kills 185,000 soldiers. And so if that is the context, then it reads a little differently. God is our refuge and our strength. He is our help in times of trouble. He makes wars to cease. We're not afraid. (laughs) The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I think think the question now becomes, if that's what it meant to them, what does it mean to you? And how do you take this psalm and apply it to your life? You know, we came here knowing that storms were more prominent in this part of the country than in the part of the country we had lived in. Last night, Annette and I were driving. We had driven a lot of the day yesterday, and, and we were driving home, and we stopped to get dinner just kind of um, east of here. And uh, so we pull up to a restaurant, but before we can get out of our car, all of a sudden these big raindrops are hitting the windshield, and, and by the time we get parked, it is an all-out storm. I mean, it's not like a little rain. It's sheets of rain. It's torrents of rain. The wind is blowing and rocking our car, and we're just kind of sitting there. We're not getting out. We're, we're going to wait until the rain, the storm passes. You know, we're just going to wait until it gets by us. I, I, I remember coming to this place one night last spring when the storms were coming, and hundreds of people, hundreds of people from the community poured into our church and ran down to our basement. We were packed in like sardines down there. We began to smell something like sardines down there before the night was over. Hundreds of people. I, I remember as a kid, we had this tornado that came through our county. It was devastating. We, we just didn't have storms there like you have here. We were, not, we were not prepared. People lost their lives. Technology wasn't what it is today. But it created a concern for all of us. And I remember as a kid, from that tornado on, many times... My parents would wake us up and we would go to the storm shelter with our neighbors and we would sit in the storm shelter and we would listen to a radio until the storm was gone. So what is God like? How do you you describe God to somebody? How do you tell somebody what God is like in your life? And the psalmist says, I I have an idea. (laughs) He says, God is my refuge. Do you know what the word refuge literally is when you look it up, the definition? It's translated refuge in English, but do you know what it means? A shelter from the storm. That's what God is in my life. He is a shelter from the storm. When it storms, I run to Him. When troubles come, I run to Him. When life falls apart, I run to Him. When the wheels come off, I run to Him. When everything goes nuts, I run to Him. God is my refuge. It's like going into a shelter when it's storming outside. That's what I find in Him. 
have a friend that I, I think a lot of. He has Parkinson's disease. And he says to me, whether it's good or bad, right or wrong, one of my greatest struggles with Parkinson's is that I have two grown sons. I've always wanted them to see me as a strong man. And maybe it's vanity and maybe it's pride and I don't know what else it might be, but it hurts me for my sons to see my body weaken. I've always wanted to be strong in their presence and in their sight. And the psalmist says, God is not only my refuge, but He is my strength. Do you remember times in your life when you saw somebody that was really strong? Really strong? I mean, they seemed to take care of a lot of stuff. They seemed to have broad shoulders. They could carry a heavy load. They took care of a lot of stuff, a lot of people. They just were strong. But something came into their lives. And you watched a strong man break. And you watched a strong man cry. And you knew he didn't feel strong in that moment. And the psalmist says, God becomes my strength. And he is my help. So I think this is important, okay? This is really important. So I want you to just listen for a minute to me. Because I think this matters. I think this might make a difference. He talks about, so I'm not afraid. So, so God is my refuge and He's my strength and He's my help. So I'm not afraid. I don't fear. Even when life falls apart, I do not fear. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, wait a minute. If it gets bad enough, I will fear, right? If it gets bad enough, we're going to be afraid, right? And He says, no, I'm telling you, if life comes apart, I'm not going to fear. And I'm thinking, well, look up the word. Probably it doesn't mean that I won't be afraid. And I looked it up in the Hebrew. It's Yare. And you know what it means? To be afraid. There are three imperfects in the sentence. Even if the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea and the waters roar and foam with its surging. Three imperfects. Why does that matter to you? Because it means it's something that is ongoing. And even in the midst of life's greatest struggles, even in the midst of that storm, Fear does not have to be what is dominant emotion in my life. Even, even in the midst of the greatest struggle, fear is not the dominant emotion for me. See, here's what happens. I think, I think we, we find ourselves, we get to the other side of the struggle, and we look back on it and we say, it wasn't that bad. But in the middle of it we say, it's really bad. We don't know how bad it's going to be. We don't know how it turns out. And so the psalmist says that even when you're in the middle of it, you don't have to live in fear. Because God is with us. We had a guy whose name is Zach who came to work for us as an intern one year. And uh, I didn't really know Zach before he came and started working for us. But early on, I called him one day and I said, Zach, tomorrow I'm going to go visit several people. And I thought, it might be good if you went with me. That might be a good thing for you to do. And so he said, okay. And so I told him, there's a lady named Joanne who has cancer. We're going to go see her. And there's another person. We'll go see them and another person. And so when he gets in my car the next morning to go with me to visit these people, 
uh, he's got this like staff, this like walking stick with him. And so I didn't know what he was doing. And honestly, I didn't know him. I thought, does he need that? I, I'm not even for sure why he has it. And so, you know, I'm thinking, I don't want him carrying that thing in to see somebody and doing something weird. You know, what, what's he thinking? And so I finally just said to him, is that a walking stick, Zach? And he goes, yeah, I brought it to show Joanne. You said Joanne has cancer, right? Yeah. Well, I got a story. I got to tell Joanne. So I, I felt okay with that. And so we get into Joanne's house and I introduce her to Zach. And into the conversation, Zach says, Joanne, I brought, I brought my staff with me today, my walking stick. Because I wanted to show it to you. When I was 12 years old, I was diagnosed with cancer and I wasn't supposed to live. But God brought me through it. But he said, I had a pastor who loved me. And he prayed for me and he carried my cancer pretty heavy. He wanted, he wanted me to live so bad. And he said, one day my pastor was praying for me how that he wanted to be a, a comfort to me and a rock for me. And God used me in Zach's life. Let me help him, you know. And the pastor said, while I was praying, it was like God reminded me of the 23rd Psalm. And he kind of said, but I will be a rod and staff and I will comfort Zach. You remember the 23rd Psalm, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not afraid because your rod and your staff will comfort me. And so the pastor goes to an outdoor store and he buys this staff and it had a compass on the top of it. And he gave it to Zach and he said, Zach, I want you to keep this staff with you and I want you to remember that God is your comforter, okay? And so Zach says, as a young boy fighting cancer... And some days not knowing if I was going to live or die, I remember gripping a hold of that staff and finding comfort because God was with me. It, it's really what the psalmist is saying. In the middle of this psalm, in the second section, the Lord Almighty is with us. You're never by yourself. You are never, ever, ever alone. Never. God just walks with you everywhere you go. His presence is always with you. See, I'm a, I'm a fixer by nature. Um, I have a wife and two daughters, and if they have a problem, I want to fix it. I want to do something. We need a plan. I think if you don't have a plan, you're off track already. You've got to have a plan. We can fix this. That's the way I approach life. And so when it storms in my life, when there's trouble, when the world feels like it's falling apart, I think, well, let's fix it, right? Let's just fix it. <laughs> We're smart. We can figure this out. We will fix it. And so I asked myself, what do we do? And you know what God says to me in the third stanza of this psalm? Be still. I don't want to be still. I want to fix it. Don't. Just be still. 
Have you seen what God can do? Come and behold the works of God, the psalmist says. Do you know what God is capable of? Do you know that He makes war cease? He has all power. Just stop. He's God. You don't have to be. To me, it's, it's, it's more than just kind of relinquishing my desire to fix. It's, it's more about trusting and just saying, right now, there are things happening. I mean, when somebody dies, the finality of that, we can't discuss it, we can't talk, nothing. It, it just happened, it's over. When somebody is diagnosed with cancer, what? Seriously? Take a step back and just do nothing for a minute. And just say, you you are God and you have all power. I don't have to fix. Do do, do you remember when, when the Israelites are being chased by Pharaoh's army from Egypt? And they come to the Red Sea. Do you remember what Moses says? Before he puts his staff in the water and the water's part. Do you know what he says? Stand still. If I'm in the group, I don't want to say, I want to, I want to swim or I want to fight. One of the two. No, he says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. For some of you, there's storms in your life right now. And God is saying, just hit the pause button for a minute. I'm God. Do you remember the movie Forrest Gump? How many of you have actually seen that? I'm in a different age group here, aren't I? Most of you have. Um, There's this scene in the movie Forrest Gump where Forrest is a little boy, maybe first grade... And his best friend, Jenny, does not get on the school bus, and so he goes running. He goes running to Jenny's house to see why she didn't come to school. And if you remember, Jenny is standing outside of her house, and when Forrest gets to her, she grabs his hand and says, Run with me, Forrest. And so Jenny and Forrest run deep into the cornfield. And when they get into the cornfield, Jenny gets on her knees and she says, Pray with me, Forrest. And she says, God, make me like a bird so I can fly far, far away. God, make me like a bird so I can fly far, far away. In the background, you can hear her father come out of the house in a drunken stupor saying, Jenny, get back in here. And what you realize is that Jenny is a a victim of her father's abuse. And this little girl prays. In the corn pat, cornfield, rather, God, make me like a bird so I can fly far, far away from here. Make me like a bird so I can fly far, far away. The narration explains that Jenny is moved out of that home into the home of a relative. And then you fast forward and you get to the very almost end of the movie and Forrest and Jenny are walking together. And they're middle-aged by now. 
And as they walk down this road, they come upon this same house that she lived in as a little girl. It's abandoned. The windows are broken. It's weather beaten. It needs a coat of paint. Nobody has lived there for a long time. And Forrest stops and Jenny continues to walk toward the house. And as she gets closer to the house, she reaches down and she grabs a rock and she is full of emotion because the emotion of the childhood pain rushes, rushes up on her. And she takes this rock and she throws it at the house as hard as she can. And she starts to cry and she picks up another rock and she throws it at the house and she says, Why did you? And she picks up another rock and throws it and another rock and another and another and she breaks a window and another rock and another rock and finally she just collapses in the dirt and she just lays there and cries. And Forrest stands beside her and says, Sometimes I guess there's just not enough rocks. Sometimes the pain of the past is just too great. Sometimes the loss is more than we can take. Sometimes the emptiness is overwhelming. Sometimes it hurts too much. Sometimes there's just not enough rocks. And so you open your Bible. And God's Word reminds us that God, Elohim, God is our refuge. He's where we go when it storms. <laughs> he is our strength. He is this very present help in times of trouble. God is with us. We never find ourselves alone. In the darkest moments of life, God walks with us. And even this morning, you find yourself in church on Memorial Day weekend. And God is with you. He's faithful to speak, to reach out, to love. Could I ask you to stand with me? And so, if you're going through one of those tough times, if you feel like it's storming in your life, you will find Him to be a very present help in your time of trouble. You can come to Him. Even this morning. And so, what we'll do is just say the altars are available to you if you want to come and pray. It doesn't mean that you're becoming a member of our church or anything like that. All it means is that you have found a place to talk to God about what's going on in your life. And if you want to be anointed, if you need to be prayed for for healing, there will be pastors on my right and there will be a pastor on my left. And they will anoint you and pray for your healing. 
If, if you come in this morning with the attitude that I really need God in my life and I don't feel like that I've opened my life to Him. You know, Jesus Christ, His Son, died on a cross so that that which separates us from God could be removed, our own sin. And you can be forgiven of sin today. But beyond that, you can be born again. You can be transformed. Your life can be changed from this day forward forever. And so if you want to come this morning to receive Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord, you can do that. And so we're going to sing together. And if you want to come and pray, feel welcome. If you want to pray where you are, you can feel welcome to pray there as well. Let's sing.
please uh, leave quietly as you leave. Kyle will lead us in worship for a moment. If you want to stay, feel welcome. God bless you. Hope your weekend is good. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.